Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Father God, we come to you right now, Father. Father, we ask you to keep doing what you're doing in this house tonight, Father. Father, let your spirit roll over us, Father. Father, let the offering that we're about to take up, Father, be used to continue your work in your world, Father. Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in John, we learn that Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried. The tomb has been sealed up. And all the disciples... I just heard him. <laughs> All the disciples are hiding out. They're in a room. And Jesus all of a sudden pops in and says, Sup, y'all. I mean, just poof through the wall. And I always, every time God calls on me to preach on that, it is that the grave couldn't hold Jesus. That they, but I'm, I'm going to tell you something. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how rough, it's been, it, a lot of us are beat up. A lot of us feel like we don't have anything left. A lot of us are suffering. A lot of us have got things going on. And we're in the right place. We are gathered in a room as disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you believe hard enough and you love hard enough and you get out of yourself just enough, you might hear, hey, y'all. You just might open up enough of an inkling of a little bit of faith where Jesus might actually talk to you in the church. And this is not my sermon. This is just what God told me while I was flipping through my Bible. The disciples and all of Jesus' followers had lost everything. They had nothing left. Guys, we didn't get the opportunity to walk with Christ. They did. They walked with him day to day, ate with him, bathed with him. I mean, the daily things that you do. We hear about the things that he did that were greatness. But there's what? How many years was he actually? I mean, there's, there's, three, there, you know, there's three years of things going on there, and Jesus didn't do something spectacular every day of those three years. They were living with him, walking with him, eating with him, spending the day with him, taking naps. Whatever, griping, stepping on sharp rocks, blowing out their sandals, having bad days. I'm sure that Jesus probably didn't wake up every day in the best of moods. I mean, he was a perfect human walking around with people that were less than perfect. But you never hear about him losing his temper to the point where he gave up. You never heard him getting so frustrated that he just gave up. You never heard about him getting into so much pain that he just gave up. Praise God. Because if that was the case, he was already in enough pain to be killed before he ever started that march to Calvary. 
So what, what right do we have to lock ourselves in a room and pout about the fact that our Savior's not here right now? Because that's what they were doing. What are we going to do now, J.R.? Jesus isn't standing right here. And then Jesus goes ahead and takes the form that he did before because he has to prove to these losers that he can still be there for them. But they have to see. We have the ultimate opportunity to have a book that was written by Jesus' people as instructions on what to do when we feel like this. Because he says right there, guys, we were sitting in a room pouting, feeling sorry for ourselves, and J.C. popped in. Come on. So how many times do you, when you get in yourself, when you get down in yourself, when you get feeling bad in yourself, and I'm saying this because this was me a few short hours ago. I'm sick and tired of being in physical pain. And then I get to thinking, God tells me, but yeah, did you crawl up on a piece of wood and bleed to death? No, I didn't. I don't guess I really have a whole lot of room to cry. But then every once in a while, J.C. will pop his head in the room with me when I'm in there by myself, and he'll go, hey, what are you so ticked off about? And here's where my choice comes in. Do I shut up and listen, or do I just split everything out on him? Because every once in a while, he might take the place of my wife. He might take the figure of my wife. It may be my neighbor coming down the street to check on me. You never know what form Jesus is going to take when he walks in the room to talk to you or who he's going to send. So when they, he sends somebody, instead of puking all your guts all over him, remember what it says in the stuff that I'm going to preach on today in James 1. To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should go, he should ask God who gives generously to all wisdom. Oh, I'm sorry, give me, to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because because when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all he does. So, when you're going through things and you ask God to help you, be prepared for an answer. Don't get yourself all worked up for the answer you want. You may not always like what God's going to hear or God's going to say. I've prayed to God for many months now. God, I'm tired of being in pain. He said, yeah, so me too. I feel that way every time you stumble. I feel that way every time you cuss somebody out driving down the road. I feel that way every time you think I'm not looking and you dial that phone up to the porn channel. I think about that every time you look at that young thing walking down the street with your wife sitting right beside you. 
That's how I feel. So when you get tired of feeling the way that you feel, how about you stop making me feel the way that I feel? Because what if I do crucify him every time? What if I do put Jesus on that cross every time I stumble? How many people in here have kids? When your kid's miserable, how do you feel? Why? It's not you. So you think God likes us denying our joy? Do you think God likes us rolling around in our own filth? Do you think God likes it when we sit back in a room locked up by ourselves and say, Jesus is dead. He's not here with me anymore. How do you think God feels? Because every time we do that, we're basically telling God everything that you've done for me wasn't good enough because my feelings are what matters. What would have happened if the first time they struck Jesus, he said, ow, that hurt, pops, call it off. This ain't happening. Where would we be today? Oh, we'd be here. Yeah, we wouldn't be standing in this building right now because this building would be illegal. Believing in Jesus would be illegal. Because why did they kill him? Because what he said at the time, they said was illegal. It was blasphemy. If only they knew then what they know now. I don't see how there's anybody out there who couldn't put their faith in God. I don't see how there's anybody out there that can't realize how important this right here is. There was a time when God said, I love them too much to let them go on suffering in their own filth. They have to have a way out. So here he is, the lamb. Perfect among imperfect, no blemishes among the completely blemished, pure as snow against coal, and I'm going to let them devour him so that we today would have a chance to have any kind of joy. Instead of realizing that and claiming it all to be joy, and having joy in everything, we let the world tell us that if we're not happy 24 hours a day, we better go down and see somebody with a PhD so we can get a pill to take because the pill, the pill is going to make the only thing that's going to make us feel any better. Nobody ever mentions anything about God. Get your head out of the world. Get your head back on what God has to say, and let's see how long it takes Christ to fill you with joy again. Hopefully it's like me and didn't take but a couple of hours. Hopefully it's like me and when you learn that when you cry out to Jesus, he shows up. Even if you're locked in a room by yourself feeling sorry for yourself and don't want anybody else around you and nobody else understands what you're going through, every once in a while if you open your faith up just enough to let it become perseverance, Christ will stick his head in the room and say, Hey Bubba, what's happening? Let's party. 
And then you get to have joy in your life again. You get to laugh in your life again. You get to love in your life again. And you get to, here's the most important part of it all, you get to take the people that God has put in your life and treat them like they were intended to be treated because God said to love them like he loved the church and God laid down his life for the church. So how do you love the people around you? Only when they're doting on you? We heard a song a while ago that says, the sign on the door says, come as you are, but I doubt it. We all like to say that. Man, we want a hospital for broken people. We don't want a, we don't want a museum full of old dusty Christians. But let somebody walk in here that's actually broken and needs something. How do we treat them? Man, we're going to have to keep an eye on that one. He got some serious stuff going on. Praise God. Here's the thing. If you are a medical doctor who has colleagues among you and somebody who is really sick walks in and all the doctors around you say, man, send them to that doctor because he's a great doctor and he'll know what's going on, I would be complimented. So, yes, when somebody tells somebody whose life is completely upside down and they're still covered in the world and the slime is dripping off of them and they walk through these doors and I say, man, how you doing? What brought you to us? And he says, man, the people in this community says that y'all are the ones who can help me start my life over again because God lives here. Then I should show my joy for that, not look at them funny. Then stop looking at them like they're funny. Don't tell me amen and then do it. Don't tell me amen and then show up 20 at a time. 14 people at a time. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me to have joy and then find something better to do when you should be doing God's work. Show me joy about how much you can sacrifice because he laid his life on the line put himself to death so you wouldn't have to suffer. But somebody walks in his door that you don't agree with 100%, and they're sitting by themselves the majority of the time. Come as you are. I doubt it. I'm going to have to hide who I am till I get to know y'all. It gets frustrating, and it makes you want to get angry. When you stand up here and you look out there and you see all the people who came here with issues and problems that got repaired, but yet they know people who have problems and issues that need to be repaired and they're not dragging them through that door kicking and screaming. We're supposed to be going through a rough time in America right now. The churches should be full. I don't care what the government says. This is where God's people need to regroup. This is where God's people need to get something done. Not out there, in here. Because until you can fill this up and make this good, you can't do anything out there. And I could care less about the numbers. I'm talking about the fact that we have 10 one night, 25 the next night, 15 the next night. Man, get consistent about something in your life. Hopefully it should be God. If you're going to do one thing every week, week in and week out, it should be serve God. Every day when you get up, everything else should come second because you put God first. And yes, I am going to preach God first again tonight, just like J.R. preached salvation this morning. We are going to learn to put God first, and then everything else that comes along can be perfect. 
Because God is perfect. And if everything follows God, how does it line up? As imperfect as it might be standing behind God, it looks perfect because you're looking at it through God. The young addict that walks through this door that doesn't know anything in his life but drugs, when he looks through those front doors, should see God first. Not this. Ooh, who is that? I know him from down the street, man. He's a punk. He's the one that stole my neighbor's refrigerator. Good. Maybe your neighbor's the one who told him to come here. Do you see what I'm getting at? If you want to have joy in your life, spread some joy to some other lives. Learn how to make people laugh. I had the first pain-free day in a long time on Friday. My boss was standing out in the back door and didn't even know it. I come scooting out the back door dancing. I heard my boss laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? He said, you, what is up with you today? I said, man, I'm happy. I said, God gave me another day to breathe, and I just so happened not to have to hurt today. And he just laughed, and he said, man, that's why I like being around you. You see what I'm saying? If Jesus is your Savior, and Jesus is worth your worship, and Jesus is the one who you want to set your heart upon, why don't you like being around him? Oops. Like I said, sometimes I preach to myself. I want my joy back. I want to be that cat sitting in the corner giggling. And everybody looks over there at me. Because life's good. Yeah, there's a lidemic going around trying to keep you out of this building. I can tell you right now, I don't know. I've had it. Didn't do a whole lot to me. I know some other people that have had it that it's kind of messed with them a little bit. Never had any doubts, though. I think the meaner and nastier and uglier you are, the harder it gets to you. I mean, all I didn't even get a fever. JR, got, JR spent time in the hospital. <laughs> Joy. What is it going to take to get joy back in your heart again? I tried this, this evening during worship. We trade a little, did a little bit different worship tonight. Had a little more joy slinging around in here. I can try scripture. Is it going to take me doing flip-flops down the aisle to get y'all to smile about something or at least holler amen? I hope not because that's going to be, we're going to the hospital. I can do a half a flip-flop. No, I can do the flop. I can't do the flip. When I hit the floor, y'all pray for me and then call 911. It's okay, guys, to have joy in your heart when it comes to God. But, 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 but you don't understand. I'm just a poor sinner saved by grace, not worthy of God's love. No, you're not, but he gives it to you anyway. So be happy about it. Here's $100. I don't deserve this. Bet you take it anyway. <laughs> I don't understand that. Here is an eternity of joy versus an eternity of living in hell. Ooh, I don't know if I can do that or not. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Lake of fire. 
streets of gold. Man, what a rough decision. But if, I, if I'm going to go to spend eternity in streets of gold, that means I can't flip anybody off anymore. I'm going to have to think about that. It means I'm actually going to have to be a good person. I'm going to have to think about that. Come on, man. What is there to think about? I almost have a couple of times. If that's the case, honey, we'd be having to cut your tongue out. I love my wife, but God, God bless her mouth. She's got a mouth on her. <clears throat> that's okay. God gave me the grace to be able to live with her. As mouthy as she is. I can tell you this. There will never come a time when my wife is so mad at me that she doesn't speak to me. Because when my wife gets that mad, all I have to do is put her in a truck and turn my favorite song on the radio. She can't resist talking through that. <laughs> Anybody in here married ever notice that? You're driving down the road, your favorite song comes on the radio. The louder it gets, the louder she gets. I don't even say, honey, I'm trying to listen to this song. I just hit the volume button on the steering wheel a couple of times. She hits the volume button on her a couple of times. I hit it a couple of more times. Huh? Yeah, it's stuck. It's stuck, bro, up here. Joy, folks. Guess what? This is church. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to have a good time. That's why I don't make people, that baby back there knows, and his parents know, that he don't have to be cooped up in that room back there. Let him come up here and run. Let him come up here and have a good time. Because I got pinched on the leg every time I moved funny in church. And what did I do when I, didn't have, when I had an opportunity to not go to church? I didn't go. I want that child to know that this is his family and that we're filled with joy. And if he wants to, you know what? I should let him come in here and run around and break loose a little bit. It might teach y'all something about the Holy Spirit. Because he don't care what the other one thinks. He doesn't care what you think about him when he runs through here screaming praise Jesus. I don't know if y'all heard him back there a while ago. He's back here screaming praise God. What's he going to be like if we can keep him that way? What's he going to be like at 13? What's he going to be like at 15? I'm worried about my job. Because he's liable to be the most hardcore preacher y'all have ever had. Because he won't have to figure out that God has brought him joy. He's going to know that he grew up with it. He may get up here and make Joel Osteen look like a sourpuss. You can't never tell. Now, he may already do that. Poor Joel. Lost and doesn't know where it's at, does he? Joy. It's all we got left, folks. It's all we've got left. Because the Bible says you're not supposed to have pride. You th how much pride do you think Jesus had when they were beating on him and spitting on him and throwing things at him as he was knowing good and well all he had to do was snap his fingers and an army of angels would have slaughtered everybody who ever even thought bad about him. And you think they weren't ready for it? You think them archangels weren't standing, weren't sitting right over the top of that crowd's head, swords drawn, begging God to cut them loose because of what they did to their brother? 
So think about that every time the world starts beating up on you. Because when you accepted Christ to come live inside you, you became Christ-like, which made you a brother in Christ to all of them. So think about what's going on above your head when you're having a bad day. I know my poor angel is probably wore out. Plum wore out. He done been through nine shields, been through 27 swords, and probably stays in more, probably always getting called up to the office for doing stupid stuff. You know, I don't even drive fast anymore, brother. I got called a racist one time, so I had to slow down. I said, I ain't racist. I don't even drive fast. What, did I not get that? Did I miss something? <laughs> Joy! I can make a joke! Who let the monkey out of his cage? And I invited you here. That's the thing about it, man. He's supposed to have my back, bro. Everybody look at him the way y'all look at them other people. <laughs> you don't know how good it feels when this brother stepped his foot in his church and I didn't really recognize him until we got ready to go home and I looked up, and he was, I saw him in his truck driving down my street. Man, not only do I have a new brother in Christ at the church, he lives right down the road from me, man. God will put people in your life to show you what you are about. Because now I got some Christian competition down the street. I can't walk outside and jump on anybody anymore. Because if I do that, he's going to want in on it. And then I'm leading a bad example. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show people joy. I want people to watch me that know what's going on in my life and want to know how come I'm so filled with joy. So, man, we know what's, what you've been through. We know what you're going through. How can you stay as joyful and as happy as you are? And that's when I get to tell them, man, God first. All day long, God first. Kicking the devil in the teeth all day long. Bang, bang, bang. I love it. I used to tell everybody, man, I love to fight. I love it. But I also like to win because losing sucks and hurts. So I got a partner that I could, no matter what, I win. No matter how many battles we lose, I looked in the back of that book. We win in the end. It's in the end, it's me and JC hanging out in a whole new world. Unless I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Everybody in the room thought it, and baby girl couldn't hold it back. Oh, no. Just belt it out, baby. Just belt it out. I inspired that young lady to song. Okay. I want everybody to stop right now. How many people in this room realized what we have done? Did anybody hear him say, hey, y'all? We had a church service, and we, invited, we opened our hearts, and we had some joy, and we brought some laughter into the room, and we brought Jesus himself here. See? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
No, because I'm doing it without realizing that I'm doing it. All I'm doing is continuing the lyrics, and I'm not even really meaning to do it. It's not her fault. See, a whole new fantastic point of view. So listen, I'm going to ask you all something. Mandy's going to play a song on this thing right here. That I was sitting in a church a long time ago before Aubrey was even born, thinking I was doing the right thing, sitting on the front row of a little Baptist church, and a man came in, was supposed to sing one song and then get off the stage, and he came in, he sang three songs, and the last song was this one. He sat right in front of me on the steps, and he sang it to me. And I want you to hear this. And while you're doing this, I want you to bow your heads and I'm going to open the altars up. While this is playing, I want you to really stop and think about what you've got going. They tell me Jesus died for my transgressions. That he paid that price a long, long time ago. When he gave his life for me. On a hill called Calvary But there's something else I want to know Does he still feel the nails Every time I fail Can he hear the crowd cry Crucify Then I know I've got to change I just can't bear the thought of hurting him It seems that I'm so good at breaking promises And I treat his precious grace but each time he forgives What if he relives The agony he felt On that tree Does he still feel the nails Every Does he hear the crowd cry, crucify again? Am I causing him pain? Then I know I've got to change Cause I just can't bear the thought of hurting him
It ought to make you cry, honey. So I preached a sermon on joy, and then I closed with this. Because here's what I'm telling you. When you turn down the joy of Jesus, I want to know if it makes him feel that way again. When we absolutely refuse to accept God's blessings, and we absolutely refuse to receive the freedom that he's given us from living in sin, do we put him through that again? Because I'm thinking about all the times that I have thought, man, he'll forgive me tomorrow. He knows me. He knows my heart, which is why I think it does, because he does know my heart, and he knows my heart beats for him. So when I let the devil win a lick, and I start thinking that way, as J.R. likes to call it, stinking thinking, of thinking that I can get away with it right now because God will forgive me for it tomorrow. Well, what if that's the cost he pays for my transgression? So I'm going to ask you right now, bow your head, close your eyes. Are you putting him on the cross on a daily basis? Are you crucifying Jesus over and over again? Because if you are, if I am, I want to stop. And I want to be filled with the joy of Christ and be born again with the freedom of what he did on that tree. So I'm going to ask you tonight, who's ready to rededicate their lives? Who's ready to once again accept Christ for what he did, not for what he stands for, but for what he did and truly accept that he spilled his blood to wash you clean. If you're ready for that, I want you to put your hand in the air tonight. If you're ready to actually make a difference in your own life. And if you're where you need to be, God bless you. I still might suggest some prayer because... If you're right where you need to be, the devil's going to do everything he can do to knock you off course. I can promise you that. Remember this, guys. When it comes to draft picks, nobody ever trades straight across the board. The devil's not going to come after you if you're already on his team. But when you decide to go with a winning team, the devil gets nervous and he starts throwing punches. Father God, I ask you right now, be with us, Father. Guide us and protect us. Walk with us today all day long, Father. And y'all go home with this. Where? Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.